Greetings, troubled listeners, and welcome to the Troubled Men podcast. I am Renee Komen, sitting with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times, and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Thank you, Renee. Yes. Do you know what a love letter is, Renee? Um, tell me. It's a bullet from a gun, fucker. <laughs> That's what it is. Straight from, straight from my heart. Yeah. No, it's, Love it's, that it's, line. it's been Christmas week. Yes. And uh, I got to uh, stay home on Christmas Day and watch like movies. Okay. And porn? But, well, yeah, some porn. Okay. But this is kind of almost porn. Uh, okay. I watched Blue Velvet on Amazon. It's yes. on Amazon. Yes, love it. And that, that, that line came up. Yes. And, you know, Dennis Hopper's so great in that, you know. Sure. And he's, you know, hey, neighbor. Hey, neighbor. <laughs> it's a bullet from a gun, neighbor. You know, that kind of stuff. And yeah, uh, it's I enjoyed it. I just watched movies all Christmas Day. Oh, cool. I, watched, I watched Lenny again. I hadn't seen Lenny in a long time. Wow, that has been a while. Yeah, and the, all these movies are on Netflix and Amazon right now. I don't know if it's a Christmas gift from them to, to the public, to the old timers like me. Okay. But uh, it was a lot of fun. I watched Lenny. I watched uh, uh, Blue Velvet. I saw... Um, what was that other one I saw? Uh, oh, um, Buckaroo Banzai. Remember Buckaroo Banzai? I haven't I l- seen that. Oh, it's uh, Peter Weller's in that film, I think. It's oh, like okay. a comic. It's based on some kind of comic book. Okay. And it's just a really twisted little indie film from the 80s. And, you know, the 80s, we had such great indie stuff going on film-wise. Yes. Film-wise right. and music-wise, too. Yeah. But, and that's, you know, so I got to see that. And then I saw uh, Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. <laughs> going way without, back. Yeah. Without any commercials. But and Dr. Then, Detroit, was Dr. that on there? Dr. Detroit. No, I looked for it. I looked yeah, for Dr. Yeah. Detroit. But yeah, it was a, it was a good time for, on Christmas Day. Nice. One of the better Christmases I've ever had in my life. Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. in spite of your, your recent affliction. Yeah, yeah well, I, well, because, yeah, I was... Because yeah, you had pain medication. I had pain medication. So. Remember, Nation, last time we met... Uh, I was telling you that I had this wrist problem. They said it was carpal tunnel. Well, it's gotten worse. It's not carpal tunnel. Turns out it's AIDS. It's, it's no, something no. eating. It's gonorrhea of the right arm. Ouch. Uh, well, I don't know what it is. Very virulent strain uh, going around. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. And, and, and there's like this thing. Yeah, you caught it, though. Yeah, yeah I caught it early. And, yeah, yeah. And, but I did notice uh, this morning there was uh, something living in my armpit. You know? Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh my. No, no. I, I digress. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I was... Was heavily medicated, and I, I am a little bit now heavily medicated. Okay. Not, not too heavily, because well, no, I have to get on my horse later. Right, right, right. You know. yeah, well, you don't seem too too medicated. No, no, I feel just medicated. Yeah, enough. just medicated enough. I'm excited about today's show, but I wanted to also talk about. Um, you know, we'll get to this all during the show, but it's like I thought it would be cool because this is the last show of the year. Yes, it is to do like kind of a year in review of things okay. that you you know think still think about that happened this sure, year to you. Sure. you Wrap up. A wrap up. You know, we can do that now. We can do it later with our guests because I'm sure our guests. Yeah, let's do it with the guests. Yeah, interesting guy. You know, so anyway, Um, what about you? Anything going on with you? um, Well, you know, played a few jobs. You know, it's uh, we we played our our regular Wednesday night circle bar gig. It was so it was like the day after Christmas Day. I knew this was going to be a big night because that kind the way when it falls like that, people have been trapped with when they well they've been trapped with their families for two solid days yeah and they're about to jump out of their skin they need several cocktails to decompress they need some some breathing room so just as i predicted it was uh totally packed you know it doesn't take a ton of people to pack the circle bar but it was completely packed um you know and it reminded me of our, our 
previous guest, uh, Brent Newman, Glenn Styler, yeah. told me about when he used to work at the uh, adult bookstore. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, like the first Monday after Thanksgiving week would always be totally packed. Because, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, so in the... the the, they had the bookstore part, which is you know just sex toys and stuff. But, but then they have the cash booths. Then they have the, the yeah they have the yes the, the, the whole maze of of uh, of quarter yeah. booths yeah in the yeah. back and so guys would go back there to cruise each other you know right and so you'd have this dynamic where people have been trapped in their family home yeah. all week long with right. no release. And then, and then Monday comes, yeah. and uh, four day weekend's you know, over, baby. It's lunch, time to lunch time happens, and and the video booths would be packed back there with leftover you know? turkey, I bet, well, yeah. yams and cranberries, what kind of vegetables? Yeah. But uh, but yeah, he said he knew that was always going to be a, a big day at the at the at the, at the Pete booths because those guys had all that pent up demand, so to speak. God, this one's for you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. so I knew that circle bar gig was going to be oh, big. good okay. so and it, and it was and then There's last a lot of cruising night, going on oh well, yeah sure you know there always is you know there's a, a certain uh a certain uh traffic back in that that uh, bathroom hallway you know yeah the circle bar uh and then the uh the alleyway also that that outside alleyway right good make out spot yeah. um but uh, then last night I played the tribute to Dr. John with uh-huh. John Grow, an all-star cast. And that was sold out. Is he out. dead? Dr. John's dead? He's not dead, oh. but uh, he's not really actively performing these days. You know, okay. I think he's pretty much in, in uh, full retirement at this, at this stage of the game. Um, so, yeah, we had all-star cast, John Grow, myself, great horn players. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so we played a sold-out show of Dr. John music. And Where was this at? That was at the Ace Hotel, Three Keys uh, ah, Club in the Ace Hotel. Ace Hotel. It's very nice, very swanky, you know. Our old friend Alex McMurray just happened to run into him there. He was staying there with his wife as a little staycation, you know. Oh, really? He was in the Ace Hotel, yeah. And they, That's what he tells you. Well, yeah. And then they, they uh, <laughs> he might be on the lam, I don't know. He might be trying to hide out from some gangsters. Right. But it wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, oh, well, that sounds like fun. You yeah, yeah, it was fun. To, you know, got through that, and uh, and uh, you know, there's a lot of music to prepare for. But uh, now, I, now I hit a, a little a coasting stretch, so I get to get together with you and uh, and our guest. Yes, our and guest. so without further ado, he's a, a fellow I know through my family, but uh, you know, we're not related. But from the first time I ever sat down with this guy. It was like sitting down with you. We couldn't stop talking. We, you know, we could ignore our. Families. Well, we were both on speed when we met. Right, right. Well, so that explains it, you know. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm go ahead. But but so you know, any any time we get together, it's it's we can ignore our families for hours. Right, and, exactly. Uh, and, and just in, enjoy each other's company. So he came back and he, he lives in L.A. Um, not sure where he's from. He's going to clear all that up, but. Uh, He's a works in the film business. He's a director, writer, actor. Um, he's worked on a ton of movies that I that I love. And uh, so, without further ado, Mr. Rip Murray, welcome, hey, Rip. Thanks, hey, Rip. Thanks. Great being with you guys. I'm really thrilled. And I got to tell you, I listened to your uh, interview with with Carlo Nuccio, and I hope you don't expect that level of conversation. <laughs> today. I gotta, you guys went into the the mafia, French bikers, uh, boxers. It's like you know. I'm just a guy who's watched a bunch of movies. So. Yeah, well, that's okay. Sure. No, no, no Carlo is Carlo is a uh, you know he's a unique he's, case. He's a unique. Yeah, he, that case is the good yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. He's a unique case, and uh, 
we're never going to have him back on. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Just to point out, the, the, if this gets boring, give me a sign. But the, the rondomnity of the world, if that's a word. Um, I've met Carlo before. Now. I was in uh, in L.A. like mid to late 80s, and one of the people renting a room from us was a guy named Stephen Fisher. He sure. Was a terrific drummer. I cannot remember the group that he played with in New Orleans, but uh, he's from here. He had sad albums out. Right. He was playing with uh, Gina Shock, House of Shock then, with Vance DeGeneres. Okay. And so I was at Cantor's, which is a place you guys are probably familiar with. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, we talk and about it. Absolutely. Sitting there, and, and Carla walked up and started talking to Stephen. Stephen introduced me. He sat down. Just real character. Hilarious. And yeah. great drummer. Yes. And, um, but I'm sort of bad with last names, right? Right. So he would call Stephen occasionally to borrow drum equipment. So Or money. Uh, or, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, maybe, but so anyway, I fly. I, I come out here a lot because my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, was born in New Orleans and raised in River Ridge, which I think you guys call Reefer Ridge occasionally. Okay, I've heard well, my that. my wife from New Orleans was raised in River Ridge, ah. and I believe that to be true. Now she's never said that to me, but I I can you could see it. I could see that being true, especially with all her older brothers that I've met over the years. So, yeah, it's definitely true. why they called it that. Uh, her her old, your your brothers in law. Yeah. I don't know, but so right. what's okay? Anyway, so so I get back here, and one of my my now wife's best friends was Mindy, who is Renee's sister in law. Oh, okay. It's, it's all so incestuous here. Yeah. <laughs> so she drags me to a, to this uh, town, band man. playing in this this dumpy little two lane basement at a frat house, right? Yeah. And there's a band playing, and they're really good. And I ask who they are, and they're called Tribe Nunzio. Okay. And right, so yeah. another person who's been on your show, I met yes, Jeff, Jeff Treffinger. Yeah. Yes. And Shout I met him. First, first, I saw there was this really wonderful woman I meet, right? And it turns out she's engaged to the lead guitar player in the band. Oh, yes. Yeah. Maria Redman. Yes. Yeah, and Maria. so I, I chat with him a little while, and uh, he they played, I still remember they played uh, Jockey Full of Bourbon, the one Tom Waits song I've liked since his first two albums. And that was that, right? Okay. So go back home. Then your sister's getting married. And I fly back out and go to, this may be a year later, I go to the warehouse where they store all of the Mardi Gras stuff. Oh, yeah. Mardi Gras world. Big yes. party there. Packed. There have to be 600 people there. Tribe Nunzio is playing. Oh, okay. And it's like Beatlemania. Literally, they're <laughs> screaming out song titles and stuff like right, that. Right, right. So I go to the wedding and and Jeff is there. Uh -huh. And so... I'm, you know, I'm chatting with. Uh, I get reintroduced. I'm chatting with him, and it's like the name of your band. Did I have to ask you? Are you like really into New Orleans drummers? Did you name it after the Carlo guy? Uh. And it's like no, Rip. That's Nucio. Oh. <laughs> but at that, at that same wedding, Juliet pointed to this uh, this very lovely young woman and said, "She's the most talented person in this room." And I said, "Really?" I said, "Very gifted artistically." And it was Tana, my wife. Renee's yes, wife. So yes. there's my little circular, boring wow. circular New Orleans story. Yeah, you know. Well, I'm surprised you you're in L.A. because I was told when you hook up with a New Orleans girl, you you, you never get to leave. You, well, she was, yeah, she was wanted to work in the film at that point. Believe yeah. it or not, they made more movies in Hollywood than they do in New Orleans. Yeah, and she was going to USC film school. Oh, okay, she was at SC. Okay, yeah, she she works in the film industry as well. She's a uh, visual effects editor, um, producer. Right on. Oh, okay. And actually, I had not to correct you, but I'm actually not a director. I'm a first assistant director and a writer, and God knows I'm not an actor. Like, I've been dragged in front of camera a few times, and <laughs> hasn't worked out that well. I've definitely got a face for, for 
podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome, Rip. When Renee Thanks, said man. we were having some guy named Rip, I, I said, well, is there going to be a lot of confetti? That's a timely reference. Rip Taylor. I said, really? Uh, you know this guy, Rip Taylor? Uh, 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 well, I, I, I did love Rip Taylor. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's it's like, irrepressible. You know? yeah. It's like, yeah, if you don't know who that is, Folks, uh, go go look up Rip Taylor. You know he's he's got a big personality. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I could say big. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, a yeah. good guy. Yeah, he's and, a good guy. Uh, our, got a hell of a hairpiece, man. Powerful yeah. hairpiece. And what was this thing? No, that was Charles Nelson Riley. I'm thinking of. Okay, go ahead. Let's uh, yes, move on. Yeah, yeah. okay, because I can go off on. So, this. but uh, so so Rip, tell us some of the some of the. Uh, well, first of all, how did you wind up? In L.A. How, uh, to, to work like most people, to work in movies. You I, came from? From Maryland originally, went to school sort of in Ann Arbor. And uh, I moved to Ann Arbor basically, I was a complete failure in school. I probably had a, carried a 1.6 through four years of high school. Okay. But, but you know, I became, I'd always loved movies. And uh, another quick boring story is that we moved to the shitty part of town when I was young. And I loathed living there, but they had its tiny library. And one day I'm flipping through film books, and there's something called The American, uh, the American Cinema by Andrew Saris. And I pulled it out, and he had arranged all these movies by director. Huh. And I would look at somebody like movies I love, like Ford Apache, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Christ, John Ford directed all of those. And, you know, Rio right. Bravo, bring, damn, Howard Hawks. And it sort of made, you know, at the age of like 16, made me realize that there's, this is serious. You can be serious about this stuff. Right. So... But, you know, I'm somebody that sets roots down very, very deeply. So it took kind of the move to Ann Arbor to get me to L.A. because a friend of mine went to the University of Michigan and said they have a, a huge film movement there. Now, he was lying, but what they did have were uh, uh, film groups. Back if people can believe it, at one point there were, it was no home video. Right. And so you saw the movies when they came out or at a retro house or right. cut up by a thousand commercials on TV. So we would, uh, I was part of a film organization, there were like six in town, and we would show, you know, show, mov show classic movies, foreign films, stuff like that. And so I probably watched 350, 360 movies a year until I got the courage up to move to L.A. Yeah, okay, all so right. So that was like your self-education in, yeah, in, yeah, totally. in directing. And, I thought it was great, it was amazing. It's hard to, you know, to people used to home video, I can remember once getting a print of uh, My Darling Clementine, and I barely knew how to thread a projector, but in our office, I threaded the 16-millimeter projector and watched it. just felt so honored that I could sit here and watch it as many times as I wanted. I know I'm dating myself. But, no, no, that's cool. We, but, we um, always do. But, yeah. I'm going to date myself a little bit later, but that's, that's another story. Now, I, hope I, didn't, I hope I didn't step on your dating of yourself. <laughs> no, no, no. Nothing can stand in the way of that. Um, it's it's so not anyway. the Monday after Thanksgiving, so he's that's not right. doing anything. Right. I'm, I'm good. He won't be doing anything to himself. I'm good. Anyway, what I wanted to do was write write for the for the movies, and a friend of mine beat me. I was constantly telling me he was a grip at the time in L.A. and he wanted to be a producer, and he constantly bugged me, come to L.A., come to L.A. But in Ann Arbor was sort of a womb tomb, a kind of place where you go to, and you had a lot of big city advantages in a small town, mm -hmm. and you know, like great. Bands came through there. I saw Springsteen three or four times. Right. Vladimir Horowitz. You know, just anybody that played came in there. Yes. And not big city pressures, you know. Yeah. And plus, yeah, I worked in the cool record store. Your, your audience knows what records are, right? I don't have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, and uh, you know, did the announcement to the movie. So you become sort of a semi-celebrity in town. And it was hard for me to pull out. Yeah. Be the so, big fish in the little pond. Yeah. So yeah. eventually this guy who was a grip that said he could hire me as a grip made a move and became a production manager just as I moved out. So rather than be 
a key grip, I was the office PA because that's what you could hire me as, uh-huh. as doing. So I did the usual. I was very, very fortunate. I worked as a PA two or three times, became a second AD, and a few years later became a first AD. Nice. All the while, that I, all the while I was writing. Uh-huh. Okay. And, and having it, was pro- probably I was co-wrote with my wife. I was probably as, su- as successful as you can be as a writer without making any money. Oh wow! So, well, congratulations. Lots of lots of meetings, lots of uh, you know, lots of free lunches. Yeah. Well, uh, you moved up fast because I was a PA at HBO. That's how I got my foot in the door. I was a PA for like God nine months. You know, making it was what was it like? God, it was. 35 bucks a day, 20 cents a mile on your car, yeah. you know, and just making dirt and having to work till, you know, the producer or the director decides to go to bed, you know, basically, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Just awful. But then, but like, you know, you, you, you know, you, you have to take those hits. And then all of a sudden, within nine months, the show got picked up that I was working on and I was like the location manager. Yeah, wow. Well. You know, and then you need to move up. And, That's you know, a thankless like, job. Yeah. Tell me about it, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I loved it. I was, you know, because what happened was I was trying to get into film school and I was like, well, wait a minute, I'm getting paid already and I'm learning on the job. So fuck film school. I'm just going to just do this, you know? And that's what happened. It's great. But you have to, uh, you got to start somewhere and it's always at the bottom or in the mailroom or anything like that. Depending on who your parents are, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But uh, but no, I I absolutely loved it. I can remember. So when you moved out, where did you live? With your friend? I actually was lucky because I had a bunch of friends. And I wound up living with five other people in a place in Pacific Palisades. And I nice. Because somehow, instinctively, I thought that if I'm, I just got here, if I meet a girl in a bar and say, do you want to come to my place? And she says, where do you live? Pacific Palisades is a better answer than Van Nuys. Right. So, so it was great. You know, we were all living on top of each other, but it was, you know, it was great. Yeah, sweet. Awesome. Yeah, pal, yeah, Palisades and, um, but I love I love being a PA. I mean, I just to be doing anything in movies. You know, where I grew up, they throw a parade for me for being a PA. Yeah, <laughs> and um, uh, and yeah, it was just yeah, I was a PA for one show. The first show I was a PA, and the second, the second AD was impressed with me, and he was a guy named Sean Ferrer, who was Audrey Hepburn's son. Oh wow! And um, he asked me to be the second AD on a, a, a like no money movie coming up. And uh, so I told him I would do it. And so after a couple of films, I was the second. Excellent. Excellent. But yeah, Hollywood was different then. There was a real uh, non-union world then. You could work on, you know, I'd work on cool, cool movies like Bound and stuff like that. I never yeah, really I saw that do. you that you worked on that. I love that movie, yeah. man. It was, it, was, it was a blast. But I never had to do the erotic thriller, you know, um, Wings, Hauser, Shannon uh-huh. Tweed type uh, right, right. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And we had... Before we came on the air, you had uh, said that you knew some friends of mine. We yeah. had mutual acquaintances or whatever, and it's amazing, like how small this town, LA, can be. Because, like, uh, I met, you know, you worked with Alex Cox and Abby Wool with Re- Repo Man yeah. stuff, and I know all those cats. Yeah. You know, well, they're they're amazing folks. It was it's funny because if you were to take a poll of the crew during that movie, mm-hmm. I would say 80% of them would have said this movie is never coming out because right. Alex was just so unorthodox. Right, yeah. And those guys were used to doing things a certain way and Alex would change his mind. I mean, he would ask if actors were here and I would say, yeah, they're, but they're not in the scene and he'd say, they are now, bring them to the set. You know? <laughs> well, they're in the wrong costume. I don't care. Let's just yeah. came up with an idea. Was, but also that movie, that script was perfect for that time, the early 80s, you know, L.A., 
Um, you know, there's so many great lines in that movie too. Who's who's the what was his name? The Madman who played the uh, Fox Harris. Fox Harris. Yeah. He was a nut, man. A nut. Off camera, he was a fucking in nut. real life. Yeah. In real life, that guy was a nut. I went with him. I went to his apartment a few times in L.A. Uh, with Dick Rude and some other people, and he would be like on twenty four seven. He just give him one shot of whiskey or something like that, and the guy just took off. He was like, he was like Jim Carrey. You know how Jim Carrey yeah. is. You see Jim Carrey on on his movies or like on interviews and stuff. He was just he would not like Robin Williams, just nonstop. It was like you know, come back to Earth, Fox. Yeah. You can come back to Earth, Fox. We're we're right here, Fox. Yeah. And he would just go off, and he'd just have us busting up. And then, you know, it was like, what was it, a couple years later after the movie came out, he just died. He yeah. just dropped dead. He's one of the, the early victims of it. Yeah. But he, um, the, my strongest memory of him was literally... Alex cast him because he thought it would be perfect, except he's playing this mad professor who drives all the way through the movie, and Fox could not drive. Right, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, did not know how to drive. So literally the first shot, he had to pull up to gas pumps and just destroyed the gas pump. Oh, jeez. You know, like we had two cars, thank God. It was a low-budget movie, Uh and so we had to rush the second car in. Right. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he, and he lived... You know, he lived in this little fucking shithole in West Hollywood and stuff like that. But, and I don't think he did much work before or after that no. film. I mean, he was just kind of went on an audition. He got the part pretty much playing himself, I think, in, in many ways. I can remember telling, um, I, I did Sid and Nancy with them also, which Abby wrote. And I remember telling her that Fox is really unique. He doesn't work enough. And she said, you know, he'll work anytime we do. And unfortunately, yeah, he passed away soon after that. Right. But, I mean, Fox wasn't. Yeah, you know, I also had Harry Dean Stanton on that show, which was a tr- you know a, yeah. a sort of a sort of treat. Oh sure, yeah, um, yeah. You, it, talk about one of a kind. Oh, well, yeah. well, do you know? Fast forward now, fourteen, twelve, fourteen years later, when Alex was still in L.A., I think, because he now lives in London now. Right. Um, they were they were get, raising money to do Repo Man two. With Harry Dean. Harry right. Dean had to be in it. Emilio said no. And I went to a read-through at Harry Dean's house because um, Alex said, I need someone to read this younger person's part. Manny, can you just do it? So we all went up to Harry Dean's house and read the script. That's when he was dating Rebecca De Mornay. Mm-hmm. And man, Harry she, Dean was? Yeah, yeah. She was hot. Oh, man. yeah, yeah. She cute was, girl. Yeah, yeah, cute girl. Good-looking girl. But Harry Dean... You know, we read the, we did the whole read through. Xander was there, Alex, uh, all these people. We did the read through, and we finished. And then Harry Dean kept insisting about doing because he wanted to do like a Peter Sellers thing and play like three different characters, or like two different characters at least. And Alex was kind of on the fence on that, and that's I think how it fell through. Harry Dean would not budge, and neither would Alex about doing that. But it never happened. Apparently, they made a Repo Girl or something. They they did something, huh. another... With Alex's involvement? No, they was... I don't know. No, None of them were involved in it, but they did something which they claimed was uh, part of the Repo Man, you know... Right. Canon. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. But now I hear... Last I heard of Alex, he, he was directing uh, political commercials in London. Wow. You know, and now he, he had a show where he would introduce classic movies, and if you were doing a Peck and Paul movie, he'd like grow a big, you know, Matt right? Yeah, he's wear, yeah, you know, yeah, cowboy get up, and yeah. Um, but no, Harry was was brilliant. It's funny though, as yeah, I had just been in town for like twenty minutes, and I loved character actors. So to me, right. it was this big thrill to be working with Harry, yeah. and I was expecting this, you know, crusty rock on tour that would, mm-hmm. and he was very, you know, I mean, I remember saying, "So you were friends with Warren Oates?" I knew Warren, good guy. <laughs> 
good guy. Yeah, I mean, that was, yeah, that was it. Right. So then the, the first AD tells me, okay, we're ready for Harry. Go get him. So I knock on the door and say, okay, Harry, we're ready. And I wait. He gets out, and I'm walking to set. And I realize I'm walking by myself. And I turn around, and he's like five steps from his trailer. And he says, God damn it, Rip. I'm not, I don't have to be escorted to set like a child. I can go myself. <laughs> so literally for the rest of the show, I'd have to say, okay, because if I show up on the set without Harry, right. he's going to say, you know, what the yeah. fuck are you doing? Here? Right. You know? So I have to say, Harry, they're ready, and then go pretend like I was getting something at craft service, and then sort of follow him a little bit and duck out so he doesn't see I'm uh, right. following. Yeah. And, and I did that for you know 25 days. Yeah. But he actually, I don't know if, maybe I'm speaking out of school here, but what can they do to me? Yeah, um, exactly. He actually almost got into a fight with Alice. Have you heard, have you heard the story? Well, yeah, they, they you know, yeah, that's, why the, second, mm-hmm. that's yeah. why the second film never happened, because they butted heads about, you well, know. Yeah. What ha- he was there was there was a fight between the Rodriguez brothers and Harry, and okay. in the script he grabs a baseball bat and swings it at them, and we had a rubber bat for that exact reason, and oh. Harry wouldn't use it, and so <laughs> we gave him the rubber bat and action, and it's the real bat, oh, and fuck. he swings it, and. Alex says, cut. And says, Harry, we need you to use the rubber bat. bat. Yeah. And Harry says, you know, grumbles a little bit and takes it. And we go again. He's picked up the real bat. <laughs> and he really wants to hit. Come on, let me hit somebody. <laughs> and Alec, and Harry swung the bat and hit the car. And that poor, this, the Fox Harris, you know, yeah. uh, gas pump Malibu, yeah. he hit it. And um, put a little dent in it. And Alex went cut and went in and grabbed Harry and Harry by the arm. And Harry, you know, like said, don't touch me, limey motherfucker. We'll go around and around. <laughs> and we calmed things down, gave him the rubber bat. And he did that take. He reared back and hit the first AC was Robbie had the camera behind yeah. him, handheld on his shoulder. And the AC was next to him. And the rubber bat hit the AC in the head. Now, if that had been a Louisville slugger. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. That, that kind of reminds me. Remember I told you uh, that Wilford Brimley story? Yes. Did I tell you the story? <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah. He the wanted, to go, wanted to go totally method on it. Yeah. <laughs> Come uh, on, let me hit her. <laughs> a buddy of mine who was a working actor, still is, he did this uh, film, uh, like a Lifetime movie, one of those movies that in Utah, it's like a Hallmark movie, whatever. But there's this family, their house burns down or whatever, and Wilford Brimley's like the, the, the local sheriff. And... My friend told me this story because he was on set in Utah. So Wilford Brindley, you know, came to the set and he's talking to the director about it. You know what we're going to do? And Wilford Brindley goes, "I think I should slap her. I should just slap her. <laughs> Please let me." <laughs> he just wants to slap her. Goes, no, no, no one's getting slapped. No, no, no. We got to slap her. <laughs> they went over and on and on and on. And it's just like, no. and he slapped her. <laughs> exactly the same story. I shouldn't tell you because all these people are very much alive. But but uh, oh. about two years ago, I was working. So on something what? And the actor. This is the same scene. He's to smack his daughter who comes home late from a date and she's not supposed to be going out with this guy and uh-huh. dad hears the car rumble away and comes right. out and so the actor comes in and goes so I'm going to pop her one huh <laughs> and he's like no way no 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 we'll shoot her for me and goes I don't want to hear about it I mean in theater we just I just pop her yeah. <laughs> and then it's like no 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 no, no. You, can, you can't we'll just do it from this angle and he throws like all this Hollywood bullshit uh-huh. and he wound up actually hitting her harder than, than we thought they would but um, yeah that, that happens but the other, the opposite happens also. When I was working on Rocky Balboa, Sly insisted on being hit. I mean, literally, those guys hit each other all the way through the fight. Yeah, and we would actually, you know, like we'd get something that looked really good, and Sly would go to the monitor 
and look at the monitor to make sure it wasn't a miss. And God help you if he got hit and one of the cameras didn't get it. Oh, right. Fuck. But getting back to, I should back up to Harry Dean. I love the guy. I mean, he was yeah. wonderful to work with. There are a lot. I have lots of stories where people are hard, but you wind up loving him. Sure. And he was just one of a kind. I mean, he would. We're going to be like that at the end of the day. It's uh, gonna be, we're <laughs> we're going to be one of those stories for you. From exactly. well, um, you know, Harry Dean. I think because uh, he's a regular, was a regular. Yeah, was Musu and Frank. And they let he was the last person they let smoke there still. Oh, okay. You know, he went to Dantana's a lot too. Yeah, uh, and he, Phil Spector's yeah. notorious place. Yeah. Right, and they let him smoke because he's Harry Dean. Harry Dean smokes. Yeah. But getting back to that read through real quickly. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go um, no, no. Um, I went there and I was really nervous because you know I, I hadn't seen these people in a while and it's Harry Dean. I hadn't seen him in such a long well since probably walking on the set one day. I probably saw you on the set. You know, yeah. But, yeah. but anyway. Um, Went there and I said, well, what would be like a good in for me, you know, to, to, to me and Harry Dean can talk, you know, because the worst, the only thing I could think of was, I really like your girlfriend. But that was, I didn't want to start out that. works for me, man. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to say that. So I bought a bunch of scratchers, you know, lottery scratchers. Right. I bought a bunch. It was going to be like 12 of us there. So I bought everyone a scratcher. And I gave Harry Dean his. And after the read through, we all scratched our tickets. Right. And, um, he was the only one who won. Wow. He won like 20 bucks or something like that. Yeah. But he, it, it, Rebecca had to explain to him. Can well, you scratch it? How it works? Yeah, how the whole thing worked. <laughs> and I was sitting there going, yeah, you scratch them all. You scratch them all. And if you get these matches, you know, you win that prize. Right. And he was just like, I don't understand you kids today. You know? <laughs> you know? He was like, I think he thought he was going to get high from it or something. <laughs> you know? You know? But anyway, uh, yeah, those were some good times, you know. I remember my, my last Harry Dean story. This was like the yeah. end of Repo Man, the last night. It was a really hard, hard show. Um, we were shooting downtown a bunch. Um, and we, you know, a lot of night work. But you know, back in those days, we were all kids, and we'd work through the night. And in those days, believe it or not, at the end of the day, you'd hear this rumble. And it was the production dragging a garbage, a trash can full of ice and rap beer. And everybody would drink rap beer and then drive home. Now imagine that. <laughs> right, right, right. Couldn't in these that days. Yeah, you couldn't so that. anyway, we would drink beer and hang out and party around. So I don't know if you know the Repo Man very well, but at the end, Harry gets takes off and they take off. In the right, car. he, he and, gets the, 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 the stuff that's been in the trunk the whole right. time, you know. And so Harry Dean's got a bandage on his head because he's been shot in the head. Uh-huh. And I think we, I, believe it or not, somehow I remember we used, I had to use ketchup. But I, I'm, I'm sure I'm like hallucinating. But it was like ketchup okay. for blood. And he's hoisted up on this like chain on a crane, holding him like 15 feet off the air. Yeah. And so they say cut, and I run over to see if we're doing it again. And Alex has talked about whether we're doing it again. And someone's running, going rip, rip, running toward me. And that's never good news, okay. you know, ever. And they say, <laughs> Harry wants you, Harry wants you. And I take two steps on here from the distance, rip, rip. And I get there, and Harry Dean's all the way up in this car, the car is going back and forth. He's just screaming, "What in the fuck is going on?" <laughs> Somebody, they forgot him up minute. there. Bring me down now! I was like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah. <laughs> we forgot Harry Dean. Yeah. Was was Harry a big enough star to like you know have like his own writer in his trailer? You know, no. have certain things like no. that. No, no, yeah, no. Okay. he actually was still in a. It's funny. I think that it's one of the, I, I like I said, I admired his work as a character actor in Dillinger and all sorts of great yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I somehow thought naive me that now that he's like you know number two on the call sheet because Amelia was number one mm. um now that he's number two on the call sheet he's going to be like really happy and and i think there was more of that you know somebody's going to pay for me being a day player all these days and mm, like yeah. you know yeah. he was still in a honey wagon but um 
but no, he was he was you know he had he he was hard, but he was great, and yeah. I loved his work, and I loved him. He would leave me funny messages on back in the days of message machines. Right. It was always fun to come back and listen to Harry and yeah, I'll bet. So God, I, I hope he kept those. God no, yeah. <laughs> like, like most things we hope we keep. But he used to also play at the Mint. He was you know would play guitar yeah. and sing at right. the Mint, which is like very close to where I live. Uh-huh. So. Man, yeah, I saw a uh, you were. It reminded me when you were talking about uh, watching Blue Velvet that they recently started showing Wild at Heart. Uh, okay, the other Lynch, David Lynch, right? That's with Harry uh, Dean is in that one, yeah. right? But uh, that's one of my favorite uh, of that that era of of David Lynch movies. The, la- the Will- last Willem Dafoe, Nicholas yeah. Cage, Nicholas Cage, Willem well, Dafoe, and Bobby Lord Peru, Dern, Lord yeah, Dern, Dern. Yeah. She looks so great that and that, that. What is Willem Dafoe plays that really? Bobby Peru, yeah, yeah. They're dummies. Dummy. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> I, I like when he he he, he uh, talks his way into the hotel room. That where Nicolas Cage is not there and, and uh, Laura Dern is, is has morning sickness. Yeah, she she's just pregnant. threw yeah. up on yeah. the on the rug and it's or just, something. Yeah, it's just there. And Bob, and uh, Willem Dafoe walks into the bathroom and, and starts pissing in the toilet with the with the door open and he's talking to her while he and while he's doing it. It's a very forward kind of uh, <laughs> move to make and he's going yeah, you're gonna hear a low, deep sound from Bobby Peru. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> I just always thought that was so creepy, but uh, compelling at the same time. Right, he's got a nice set of choppers on in that movie too, man. Yeah, nice, nice set of teeth. Oh, well, getting back to Harry Dean, just one last time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah. last thing I saw him in wasn't a movie. He was in an episode of Two and a Half Men. Oh wow! I happened to be flicking channels. And all of a sudden, I go to this channel, and it's a scene of two and a half men where Charlie Sheen is drinking whiskey with some of his friends. And one of them is Harry Dean playing himself. The other one is Sean Penn playing himself. Okay. And the other one is Elvis Costello playing himself. Oh, wow. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen this show, but the, the brother, he's got this brother who, who's a loser and lives with him. He's divorced. Okay. And his brother is not allowed to be a part of this little whiskey drinking thing that these guys are doing and he keeps interrupting and that's the whole situation comedy oh, we got going there right, right. but you can tell that the way it's cut the sitcom is cut that they had to reshoot a lot of it because Harry Dean just did not know his lines you know it's just you know he just was not there he was just like ah yeah, yeah sitcom no. sitcom you know that kind of stuff but that's the last thing I ever saw him in really just, yeah. you know wow. yeah yeah, he was. You know, uh, God, God rest him. He was. Uh, he was definitely a piece of art. You know, walking piece of art. Well, you know, Rich Rips. So I, I was doing a, a wee bit of research uh, in preparation for this, and just looking at some of the the uh, the movies you've worked on. I discovered that in all of the the discussions we've had, one of my favorite movies of all time that you, you that you worked on it, The Ice Storm. Yeah. God, I love that movie so much. Oh, that's the movie with Kevin Klein. Yes, Sigourney and Weaver. Sigourney. Yes, uh, Christina Ricci. That's the first. Key Party movie. Yes, the it Key is. Party yes. movie. Yes. Uh, Joan Allen. I love Joan Allen. Yeah. Actually, my fondest memory from that movie was, and there's a story involved in this, but we were doing the scene where she gets caught shoplifting. Right. And uh, it was probably about 72 degrees in um, Connecticut, in like uh, one of the Tony suburbs of Connecticut. And, uh, you know, we finished, this, the, finished with the shot, and I went outside to tell her what was going on, and she was shivering. And I said, Joan Allen. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I said, this is like a minute and a half after we'd cut. 
And I said, oh, you cold? You wanted me to get with the wardrobe and get you another jacket? And she said, no, 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 no. And she was just shivering from the scene still from oh, having yeah, done what she did. Right, uh, right. She was just, just one up. of the like 10 most brilliant actors I've worked who, with. She was who directed that again? That Ang Lee. Ang Lee, right. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. So, I, I, have to, I have to confess to you, maybe, maybe you'll have mercy and cut this out when we're done, but it's actually the only film I've ever been fired on, so oh, sorry to oh, disappoint cool. you. Cool. I work a third of the way through. There was a producer who will go nameless, okay. who I treated, sort of I treated him as a peer, and I should have been a little bit more deferential, uh-huh. and we argued all the way through, and 17 days in, we were like a day and a half behind, and he had a talk with me, and just, you know, just hit me with it. And the funny thing is, it's like one of the best things that happened to me in my career because you'll probably know this. When you're an AD, you'll probably know this, Manny, since you, you grew up out in L.A. When you're first AD, you've got a target on your back all the time. Right. I mean, if, if you're falling behind, if something's not going well. And it taught me that you can be doing you know, semi-genius level work and still get whacked. There's no rhyme or reason. Sure. So why worry? Just do the best you can. Right. Do right. The best you can. But um, – a very wise friend who's a great line producer is an Israeli told me when it happened, he said, E rip, one of these days you're gonna realize that it was your fault. And I freaked out. I'm like, You're kidding me, it's the least fair thing that's ever happened. How the fuck can you say that? But now I realize it was. He was the producer. I yeah. mean, I even knew when I look back now, uh-huh. I knew I was sort of fucking with him. I right, knew that right, I was right. Sort of, you, know? you just thought and, you could get away with yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, What's he gonna do? Fire me? Oh, right, right. You know? So anyway, I had to be in, in the in the um the interest of transparency i had to no good for you we like that look i've been fired off of stuff before because look i will never quit anything the only i i i I just it's not in my nature to quit something i will i will start behaving in a way that will get me fired if if i if i'm not comfortable somewhere (laughs) good at that (laughs) Uh, apparently i've done it more than one more than one occasion and and i i I only can recognize it in hindsight you know because again i'm always surprised like what (laughs) but then of course you know two days later like well renee you were kind of asking for that weren't you (laughs) yeah well i tell you the the i mean the good thing came from it other than the lesson i learned about how you just can't worry about it You, you you know you can go for any reason in this job uh, this job category is that like two days later I'm home back home in LA and I got a message back in the answering machine days and you know, rewind it right. and hi Rip this is Kevin Klein I came to the set and you were gone and I, I really miss you could you give me a call wow. I called him up and he was the coolest guy in life he said I wish I'd known this was coming trust me I would have done something about it wow. and you know, I told him that I, I'm just going to sit down and write and he's like you know encouraging but just you know, for, and again he's like so talented yeah. Yeah, the guy you know you're sitting on a set and there happens to be a piano he'll sit down and like knock out five minutes of Chopin I mean yeah. the guy is just really really so um, that was and he's got that hot wife Phoebe Cates <laughs> They're still together after oh, all these years. Very good, you know. Yeah, he he. Uh, nice. I think he killed her career though, because you know she was a you know a hot little thing, and then she hooks up with him, and she doesn't. She stops working. But I not not to sound like straight, but I would guess that probably was her decision too that she wanted to have kids, and yeah, you know, I don't think yeah, he said she, you know that's over for you, kid. Right, right, right. But it does happen. It has happened. Like I, uh, a friend I think of, don't you think it's good because the woman's one who had again. I feel like I'm being like too politically correct. Like I'm back in Ann Arbor, but. Um, you know, it, the woman has the kids, so they kind of yeah. Well, they have their their priorities change. Look, I I, I know of a, a couple of of women in the New Orleans music business that were, had a lot of ambition, a lot of drive, just going gung ho, and then they had kids, and now they don't really care about the music business right. anymore. It's it's like you know it 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 re it, it, it rejiggers your your priorities. You go oh well, all the stuff that I thought was important. 
isn't important at all. I don't give a fuck about that in comparison to this child that I'm I'm raising. You know, that's 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 an that's an appropriate response. It's an appropriate biological response to. Did uh, that, actually, you, do you mind me asking a question? No, go ahead. You no. Sound, I know I'm the guest. So I don't want to be. Yeah, no, no, you can. No, no. <laughs> well, we just, encourage just, it. Just what you said just made me think that, like, you're you're a musician, and and again, you've worked. You're like to quote Broadway Danny Rose. You're what we call a perennial. You'll always work, right? You've worked all these years. Sure, but that's what I do. You know, suddenly you got a kid, and you got a responsibility, and it's freelance work. Did that? Make you worry at all? Um, what if? No, no, because uh, it, it it always seems to work out, you know. No, I, I agree I, with that, but I, you know, again, I, I hadn't been working since I was thirteen when I had. My yeah, kids, well, so. you know, and, and you know, my my, my wife is a uh, is a is a real real powerhouse, so uh, you know, it's uh, it's That's true, yeah. It's not not like all the weights on me by yeah. a long shot. <laughs> In fact, probably very little of the weight is on me. If, if truth be told, so cut, do me a favor and just cut this out. I just have to show up and be cute, yeah. you know. Keep keep them laughing. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. What do what do most women say when you read about? I just want someone who makes me laugh. Yeah, I just yeah. Want someone funny. Check. Yeah. Okay. okay. Got that part I covered. Do that. I could do that. It makes me laugh. You know, it has a lot of money. Kept my figure, you know. Uh, you know. Yeah. Try to try to uh, you know. So remain anyway, you, relatively you can just cute. Cut that part out. No, we're, we're never going to turn that part up. Yeah, so that's gonna, Why don't that's we take a break yes. for a second, Nation? Because yes. it's time for our refill. Yes, and we'll be back in a second. Yes, and we're back. Yeah, back. Yeah. We're not in the ring room though. No, we, we didn't. We're at an undisclosed location once yeah. again. We, hit, we had to hit the safe house just for a for, for a time. week. Yeah, it's yes. that end of the year kind of thing. It's like that week. You know, it's weird that week between. Christmas Day and New Year's Day, right? Is this because you don't know what, what day? That? Yeah, you don't know. Well, you don't know what day it is because right. you lose track because right. you have these days off or whatever. It's all like Saturday, and and you yeah. don't know. It's like what was it like uh, the day after Christmas? I thought was actually Monday or something, uh-huh. yeah. you know. But yet again, I thought, well, I don't have to be anywhere, so it can't I, be a Monday. It can't be Monday, and. Is it all right to drink now? It's only 10 a.m. Because uh-huh. it's that, that holiday right, week. Right, you know? right. Should I make myself a cocktail right now? <laughs> that seems like it's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. So it's that weird thing between Christmas and New Year's yes. where you just like time is like not, time doesn't matter. Right. It's just right. like, because there's, there's bowl games, there's parades, there's, you know, people you haven't seen. And for some reason, I don't know how, but because you, you're not, you don't celebrate this. But for this week, there always seems to be just like, Way too much food in my house. Okay, because it's just like, where did this food come from? You know, it's I'm like eating okay. as fast as I can. Yeah, exactly. More. It's just a way. Oh well, you know, my wife was at a Christmas party. She brings home some food. Right. You know, the, there's a work Christmas party. Blah blah. You know, we're at the the mother-in-law's on Christmas Eve, and there's food yes. to, you know that's given, and then you come home with. It's like, where does this food come from? I can't eat all this. It's just yeah. the three of us, right? You know, and, and then and then I started thinking. Uh, you know, we, we talked about um, how you, briefly we touched on how uh, you know maybe she wanted to have babies Phoebe right. Cates didn't want to uh, you know pursue her career she was happy just being Kevin Klein's wife and but then I started thinking about you know Christmas and this old joke came up to me it was like uh-huh. I remember as a kid writing Santa Claus and I said Santa can I can you please send me a sister you know and uh-huh. he wrote me back he said okay but send me your mom <laughs> <laughs> kind of a trade-off. Yeah, a trade. Well, if I want a sister, he's got to right, bang right. my mom. You know, right, right, right. Yeah, 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 that's how key parties work. Yeah, 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 exactly. Key party with Santa Claus. Okay, yeah. I like it. Circling back. But then, remember, we started doing this show about a year ago, I guess. Or, yes. You know, we, and I remember, I think our first episode that we recorded, you know, to broadcast, we talked about beating. Uh, 
tickets, fighting City Hall, okay, remember? Yes. And and you went to City Hall, I think, and yes. fought a, a a camera ticket. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. out of it. Yeah, and yeah. I went, I I, I fought uh, getting a ticket near where I work because they say I was in a permit parking only area, right. but there are no signs this whole block. Mm-hmm. That's why I parked there because there are no signs. Right. But for so what happened two weeks ago? I get the same ticket that I got a year ago. Oh man! And I went there with. You know, with the judgment that I had a year ago saying, okay. listen, there are no signs here. This judge signed off on it. Right. And, and he Google mapped the street and saw that there was no signs on the street. So this woman now had this woman judge, and she says, well, we can't trust Google Maps. You're going to have to get what? real pictures. I was like, because she said they could be taken 20 years ago, these pictures, uh-huh. whatever. So uh-huh. what happened was, I still won. I won oh. again. I did oh, win again. Nice. So what happened was I said, listen, and I think this got to her heartstrings a little bit. Okay. I, I started going, you know, there's this street off campus and a lot of us who can't afford $600 a year to park on campus, we park there. We know the streets there. So we all park there knowing, you know, and right. then you're giving us tickets. And I don't know what happened. She just changed. She went from a bitch judge to this like someone who was listening nice. to me. Someone was listening to me. And she goes, well, you know what I'm going to do for you, Mr. Uh, Mr. Manny? She goes, I'm going to go on what they call a sight check. Oh, wow. She went out there herself in her car wow. and went to that street. I got a letter from her like a few days later saying, dismissed. Wow, nice. So you can fight City Hall, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like I did last year and yeah. I had to do it again. But I told her, I said, listen, you're going to get a lot more people because I told all these people who got tickets just like uh-huh. I you're going to see a lot more of us coming in and you're going to have to dismiss them all. I would get a hold of that officer and tell him, don't give tickets out in the right. street. I thought you were going to say they put signs up on the no, street. No, God, I hope not. No, you no, know, they she did might that have, in LA. They yeah. put signs up. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, I think you can fight City Hall easier if the City Hall is located in New Orleans than if it's located in LA. <laughs> because we had well. them. They ran them out of town. A, a, a dad of a friend of mine beat one. You know, they, they were sort of just for running lights. They weren't speeding like here. Uh-huh. That, that's, that's really big brotherish. Yeah. Have, uh, but didn't L.A. Because I, I, you know, uh, I go back to visit once in a while. Like certain parts of L.A. with the, those traffic cameras, the cops were just were were fed up with them having to deal with all the accidents they were causing and all that stuff. That they actually lobbied the police force lobbied to get a lot of these traffic. Cameras. I heard that. Yeah. But, but it was not also all the, of them, but some of them. Yeah, they're heavy court cases too. Uh, you, you know, you have the right constitutionally the right to face your accuser. Right. And uh, how are you going to do that when the accuser's you know a big company based in Indianapolis or something? Right. You know, it's, yeah. So um, the one here is like based in Phoenix or something like that. Yeah. You know. So they just uh, figure it's easier just to pull them out. And well, them I, out. you know, because it's a big topic here every election. And I always tell people, listen, are you tired of these traffic cameras? You know what you do? Vote for you. Yeah, vote for me. Vote I'll for, get rid of them. Vote for Manny. But also, don't patronize those businesses that have those cameras. And you'll see a lot of angry business owners coming on City yeah. Hall's front door saying, these cameras are killing my livelihood. Yeah, the problem is the New Orleans uh, government is not responsive to those kind of things. They just they just shrug their shoulders like, yeah. well, sorry, that's what we have. We yeah. have cameras now. I know. Just like potholes. But yeah, Latoya's yeah. getting I rid just, of some of them. Just like, yeah, just like potholes. Well, I, I just bring the potholes yeah. up because I've had my, been having my spine shaken by the same potholes since I met my wife. She was my girlfriend back in the mid-'80s. You know, right. So. They're still there. Yeah, they're memorialized. Just uh-huh. deeper. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. What street is this? Uh, I, it's all of them. Yeah, that, <laughs> all I just, of them. You hit those, you know, those jarring ones where you know they've done great damage to your car, kind right. of potholes. God. Yeah. Well, I, I, I make it a point. Even if I, I know it's shorter to go one way, I'll take the long way to a friend's house or somewhere if I know their roads are smoother. 
I'll actually just take yeah. the long way. Yeah. Uh-huh. And again, not to be a wussy, say, because I said something bad about New Orleans, I got to say something good, but you guys are so lucky to live here. What a great place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think no, so. we, we love Take it. me home oh, with man. you. <laughs> I miss L.A. so bad, man. You grew up there, right? <laughs> yeah, I grew up in L.A. I grew up in the Mar Vista, Venice area. Yeah. Yeah, and I spent most of my uh, young young man years in Hollywood, you know. Which yeah. one I can still remember actually at your brother-in-law's bachelor party. I told you, Manny, I have never been to a bachelor party. Manny couldn't I told Manny that I'd been to a strip club one time in my life and I was and, uh, not thrilled to be there. And then Manny was like he couldn't he didn't first believe me and then he's like well, what about ba- when you like bachelor parties? I was like, well, I've never been to a wow. bachelor party. Oh <laughs> man. This guy so I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it when he said uh, he'd never No, but you know, it's not that I've lived such a milk toast life. No, I understand. So, yeah. so you know, the, the you know, please, uh, troubled nation, don't don't think that I've I've been sheltered because clearly I have. But women you know, of the troubled nation, send yes. your pictures to Renee Coleman. Sure, PO box. <laughs> sure, send them all. Yeah, I like them all. Rip. After we sign off, we got to take them to a strip joint. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Actually, you might say I've gone to virtually yeah, none either. Got, uh, Are you listening, my wife? But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, yeah, I was talking to them about how much I love New Orleans and how I wanted to move here. And they were like, no, man, don't do it. We all want to move to L.A. Don't move. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> so it's sort of like growing up here, you don't realize what you got. You yes, know? yes. Well, you know, the whole time I was growing up here, I, I did think, well, I can't wait till like, I become an adult and I can go somewhere cool. And then, you know, I, I, I got in a band, went on the road, started traveling all over the world. Well, certainly traveling outside of new orleans will will sh- demonstrate how cool new orleans is uh, in the same way that traveling outside of the united states will make you very patriotic i, f- I found i, I, I agree I, uh, even when the asshole at customs you come back you know like like gives you a hard time you stole your eyes well open and says welcome home you know it's like yeah well you know i just like being able to like buy something to eat after 10 o'clock at night you know which <laughs> when i was last you know when i was first going to europe you know it, it, if it was uh past eight o'clock at night and you know you weren't in italy if you were if you were Somewhere, uh, Deutschland in yeah, Germany. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you might be eating like a, a, a horse burger, you know, on, mm, yeah, on, yeah. on the side of the. What's the matter with uh, that? Yeah. Inside of the Hofbrau, no, yeah, Hof, that, uh, that good red sauce and fries. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the red yeah, sauce. Yeah, no, it's not yeah. ketchup. It's just red. No, sauce. it's just it's something red. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, but yeah, I remember those days in Germany. Yeah, that was a good time. And I well, could still, the, you the could still see the, Germany, you could still yeah, see yeah. the marks where the jockey was spanking the yeah. horse. Yeah. <laughs> can, can I ask you guys one, one, last, one last question? Oh, you can have the bathrooms can have down, down uh, the hall. No, no, no. What I'm afraid is, I'm, we're going to go over and. But have you guys? I, I was on the way out over here thinking about the distinction between troubled and angry. And it's okay. kind, of, kind of so cool that you guys call yourself because troubled sort of uh, like denotes anxiety and actually sort of concern about the way you're going. Where everybody's angry now. I just thought it was yeah, so no, cool we're not angry. We're trouble. clearly not angry. No, we're, no. Yeah, we're yeah. I think Concerns, I'm a little bit more angry than trouble. Renee. But I'm you know I came up with that slogan years ago for an election. Yes. Vote Manny Chevrolet, the troubled man for troubled times. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's and, Manny's brand. Yeah, that's my brand, I guess. And this last election, what was it? Trouble never ends. Yes, we, you know which it doesn't. We keep know, uh, you know. we keep modifying it. You know you yeah. know. But speaking of trouble and all that. I wanted yes. to get, touch on this good, because good, good. Uh, uh, New Orleans is in the last week of its tricentennial. Is this the last week? Well, that's what they're playing it as. They're having okay. like they're having fireworks shows and right. like all over, like in the East Mid City. They're having like these amazing shows. Oh, and I all saw that. that there's one coming up that's going to be like they're right. having like on New Year's Eve. They're having like five different fireworks shows. Okay, that 
everyone will be able to see from any part of the city. Cool, apparently. nice. Apparently, wow. like that. But um, but I missed the whole tricentennial thing. I didn't, I didn't see anything until you know, I didn't go to any uh, parade or I didn't see much going on with okay. it. But looking back on this year, um, it's another year for me that uh, mankind disappoints me. Yeah, as always. It just. <laughs> And this city disappoints me. Right. My family disappoints me. My drug dealer disappoints me until this past few days. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's, it's starting to work out. Yeah, you know? it's starting to work out finally, you know. <laughs> you know. And it's then I realized, I realized this. This is the one thing I got from this year. Uh-huh. Um, that, you know, you get older, you gain some weight and all that kind of stuff. And I've been, like, gravity's not been kind to me because I, I still pretty much weigh the same that mm-hmm. I've always weighed. Right. But it's all, like, in my belly now, my Okay. Weight. So I realized that my belly is so big now that I can't see my penis anymore. Wow, really? Yeah, you know. So well, that's not that's not encouraging. Yeah, it's too, not too encouraging. Many, <laughs> too many funny things come to mind, so I just won't say yeah. any of them. Yeah, oh, yeah go say ahead, say them all. Say them all. Yeah, you know, maybe I have a small dick. I don't know. I don't you know. know. Well, maybe it's that that uh, that that pubic hair uh, cultivation you've been doing. It may may perhaps well, be. Yeah. If you listen back to the uh, last show. I, to, I keep asking my wife to braid my pubic hair, which <laughs> she won't do it. Well, she I, I can it. understand that. You know, it's um, like you know, it's there. I braid hers. You know. Okay. Well. Yeah. yeah, I will say turnabout like, is fair play, but like yeah. in, I'm older than you guys, but in your 40s, it's like you can you know drop 10 pounds in like a week, do a big deal. When you get a little bit older, it's like yeah, it's yeah. tough. It's right. tough, man. Especially like with you're with me, like where I I pretty much drink like four cocktails every night. So that's just 800 fat. calories yeah. or something. Yeah, no, that's more than 800. Oh, who's counting, man? Dude. Yeah, who's? Yeah, I mean that's, this, that's, this. This. See, this. I have to maintain my weight, you know. And dude, you, you. That's one. You of look the ways exactly I, like you did when I first saw you playing well, with your yeah. band. When your band was brand new. In the dark, I do. This is band played at my wedding, by the way. I forgot to add that. Which he wasn't invited to. He just no, played. He, yeah, actually, <laughs> no, he, he wouldn't have been, but he played in the band, so he got it yeah. anyway. But no, it's funny. Uh, just, just another quick boring story was that no, my, no. my wife did, has always did the negotiating and called. Uh, you said call Joe, right? Is it Joe who does? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in those days, right? You talk to Joe. And just, so we got to realize there, you know, quite a few of us, and we all like to get paid. And so it was between you guys and like a couch set because we had just gotten married. We were obviously just got married. It was the wedding, right. and we were chatting. I just said, you know what, man, we can always get a fucking couch. There you we go. can't always get the iguanas playing at our wedding. There and, you go. I right. like, like you thinking. Yeah, and, and le- yeah, the last comment of that was at one point they played Hava Nagila. <laughs> and at the end, Joe said, "Congratulations!" And I turned and said, "Thank you." He said, "I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the band. We got through it." Uh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, if you would have got that couch set, the band would have probably slept on it. So you're better off. <laughs> and, uh, That's right. We'd be living there. <laughs> you, guys were, you guys were hot those days, yeah. Uh, good, well, yeah, good times, well, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys are, like I said, Broadway Danny Rose. You're Salad perennials, days, man. man. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I heard uh, someone was asking uh, Penn Gillette from Penn and Teller. They were saying, well, you know, how do you see this, the future of your career going? He said, you know, Teller and I hope that at the very end we'll be uh, doing tabletop magic in front of like five people and, uh, you know, in the week before we die. <laughs> and, you know, that's like... I heard someone else, uh, another musician, was saying, you know, I like playing music way more than I like listening to music. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, you know, people like, oh, you love music so much, you, you want to play. It's like, no, I just like playing music. You know? yeah. No, and I love, I love listening to music. But I, if if I had to choose between the two, I would say that I like playing more than than, you know, I am a fan, but. 
you know this this just it's it's a different thing you know it's a different uh different enterprise and yeah it's 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 uh it's it's what i do it's the thing i'm it's the one thing i'm good at you know it's yeah uh, this, this, you're, you're the partner. You're supposed to jump in when he says it's the one thing I'm good at. No, Manny's supposed to jump in and go, you're really not that good at Yeah, well, I was <laughs> going to say that, but I've yeah. said that to him before. <laughs> Last compliment. When, when, when you're not as good as you think. Yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I first became aware of you, I saw you with the iguanas. And then literally, I went to see Johnny Adams and you're playing bass. And then somebody tells me, yeah, yeah Alex Ch- Ch- Chills is playing, and, Julie, and my wife says, yeah, uh, Renee plays. And it's like, Jesus, is there one bass player in town? <laughs> yeah, there used to be just a handful. Now there's uh, several thousand. <laughs> You're lucky to be able to Why don't you enough. ask him, Rip, about his hatred for trombone players? Oh, no. No, <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, I, I love all those tr- trombone players out there. Sure, how a shorty? There's a he- oh, he's great. No, he's, he actually comes from a tremendous musical family, the Lasties. Um, and... Like uh, Joe and David Lasty, these guys used to play down in the French market on Sundays, and they had a, a bass player, Rusty Gilder, who I who I actually just went and and you know talked my way into knowing him. And I was like probably fifteen or something, and I would go watch these guys, and they played great like New Orleans R and B jazz, you know, like instrumental, and then they 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 would sing tunes too, but great tenor player, great drummer, and the tenor player had this this interpretation of the eighth notes where it was like not swinging, not like a straightened out swing feel, and it just was so cool and so unique, and. When I heard uh, trombone shorty playing as a like a seventeen year old or something, we we did a show where they were the first band on the bill of like ten bands, and we were maybe the second band or third band, so we got to hear them. And I was so impressed, and I went and I said, you know, your your interpretation it just reminds me so much of the lassies. He goes, he goes, that's my uncles. I was like, well, okay, <laughs> that that makes a lot of that's sense. That's amazing, man. Makes a lot of sense. So, so yeah, he comes from a very rich uh, musical family, and and now I would say that there has in the last ten years been a huge explosion of trombone fever in New Orleans. Where, Since him, do you well, think he inspired I mean, it? Or? I mean, it's, he was part of it, you know. It's a, but a whole wave of of uh, you know it's really like people would would write jokes about the trombone, you know, musical jokes about the trombone. Which I've told and then cut out of the podcast because I don't want to hurt people's <laughs> feelings. Um, but but no, it is amazing that uh, that it it has had such a renaissance as a as a lead instrument, which you know is always like tailgate trombone. That's the the instrument that plays the backside of the phrase after the trumpet or the clarinet plays the beginning of the phrase. Right. You know, so uh, yeah, getting into the weeds yeah. there. But no, uh, no, no, I actually remember like like working in the the cool record store in town, and my life was saved by rock and roll. I mean, to me, jazz was a dead art form, and there were two or three people. You, you know, you would play a, a record, and then the next person got to play a record, and they would play jazz. It was kill me. And and one of the first things that actually made me perk up were the two things: Sonny Rollins playing um, uh, his western stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, contemporary masters, uh, and, and contemporary masters, and something by J.J. Johnson. That I can't remember the name of, but it's a great trombone player who died. Yes. Uh, you know, very, very young. And, yeah, yeah. You know. Shout out to uh, to uh, Sonny Rollins, still alive. Oh, fuck, man. 
So, Sonny Rollins, a tenor player. So, when John Coltrane first hit the scene, people said, oh, he's kind of a Sonny Rollins imitator. So, that's how, that's how <laughs> deep Sonny Rollins goes back in the canon, and he's still alive. Have you seen him out here? Have you seen I, I haven't seen him in, uh, you know, no, I haven't seen him around here, and I don't, I don't know how much he, he plays out, but, but uh, yeah, he's, he's, still, right. he's still playing, though. So, uh, Manny, there's, there's hope, you know, we can, can keep, hope for keep all doing of this yeah. for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I got nothing else, you know, to do. Well, we're, it's a Friday. It's the first time we're doing this on a Friday. Yes, yes, you see, listen, breaking new ground. Yeah, you know, I, I don't do much. I don't, I don't go out like Renee does. Hope I just pretty that. much, no, I don't. You can ask him. I don't, I don't go out much. No, no, I have to drag him out. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's the only thing that gets him out of the, out of the house. Yeah. And um, his wife pays me $10 a week to do this. <laughs> whereas, whereas your job is out. Your job is going out, yeah. That's right. But, um, I, you know, I watch a lot of the TV, you know. Yeah, the I TV. Watch, I like the way that you say that. Well, you know, like I watch the Jeopardy. The Jeopardy and, and, and the, the wheel. wheel. <laughs> so I watch my shows and stuff. Your programs. My programs. <laughs> stuff like that. But I was watching the news. Okay. You know, and I saw that on the news, <laughs> right. there was uh, the lawyers for this, that kid. Remember the Boston Marathon bombing? Yes, yes. Well, the, they caught that kid who was stupid enough to not kill himself. You know, he should killed himself yeah yeah um but now he they've appealed something on his, uh, his huh. you know their technicality well they appeal on a technicality the death penalty is not you know human you know whatever not in play but yeah. it go it just pissed me off i could care less about this trial mm-hmm. but to this day to this day rip and renee I still don't know who won, who won that race. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really did kind of cloud the whole result, you know? Yeah. yeah. The, 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 I've tried to Google it. I've tried to Google it, and I just keep getting stories about the bombing. Right. You know, nothing about the race itself, and uh-huh. I still today don't know who won the race. So you say... So the, Nation, if you... That's the real know, victim of that? Yeah, well, yeah, the guy, you know... <laughs> the guy that won. Yeah, all his, you know, stardom from that year, right. you know, maybe it's the only time he's ever going to win. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, he might not ever win again, you know? Interesting. Interesting, interesting take yeah, on that, so Danny. I like I just, the real victim of that. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the real victim of it. Yeah, exactly, real. It's me. Because <laughs> I don't know who won. Being able to know. Yes, yeah, I yes. don't know who won this race. And, and, and if anyone knows, just you know, uh, call me or call yeah, the nation yeah, yeah, the hotline. The, we know, have a hotline, don't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we have a, a troublemenpodcast at gmail.com. You can, uh, you know, directly message us. Yeah. Um, you can, uh, you know, like us on Facebook. We have Trouble men podcast yeah. page like yeah. that uh, follow us this is wrapping up oh, you <laughs> know. are we on the Twitter um, we are on the Twitter I, I, you know I, I, I haven't been active on it I think I need to put that in your hands Manny I think you're the perfect person well, to caretake this Trouble Men podcast I, Twitter okay, feed if you want me to do that sure I'm at I know. home a lot I, yeah yeah and you're because good because the Twitter. last thing because like my wife set me up a Twitter account during the last election uh huh I've got like 12 people who follow me. Right. Okay. Well, and the last thing I that. put out on Twitter, the last thing I said on Twitter about two months ago, I said, Am I still on Twitter? <laughs> That's what I said two months ago. It's funny. And, and I didn't get any response. Oh, okay. So you're still I think not the, sure. one of my followers said, Yes, you are, man. Yeah, yeah, you are. I think there was this one follower. Who, you know, that's the thing about it. They're total strangers. I don't know these people. Right. I mean, they might, you know, maybe I do, or they're just people. You know, right. right. But they said I was. So. Okay. Well, so I am still on Twitter. Okay, yeah. So if you want me to do that, I'll take some load off your busy schedule. <laughs> 
you know. <laughs> Man, he's rolling his eyes. Yeah, yeah. You, you wouldn't believe how much time I spend on it. <laughs> it's actually no, quite. I, I appreciate time consuming. Yeah, I appreciate it, but you dig it, man. You well, you know, it. it is a, it is a hobby. I, I for the first time in my life, I have a hobby. You know, I, I never had one before. Well, my wife keeps knocking my hobby. Yeah, it's okay. masturbation. I think that happens when you love your job. It sort of becomes your you you know you roll your hobby into your work and. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I would say, you know, I said this yesterday. I was, I was griping about something. And I had to admit, I said, well, you know, my father told me to stay in school, so I'm right, no one yeah, to blame but myself. Exactly. I had to go and join the circus. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was asking you at dinner the other day. Is, is like, like my work is freelance. Like when you finish one job, you, you know, when you first start doing it. When I first started PAing. I would finish a job and say, "Oh, the phone's never going to run. The phone's never going to ring. I'm going to. I got to move back east and live with my parents. Oh, I, right, this, I right. gave this a shot, and then the phone rings. Yeah. And it's. I could. At now, I could have never worked a normal like job. Sure, you know? sure. Do you oh, feel no, the same no. way? Oh, I, I for sure wouldn't have lasted a week. Yeah. No, no, because people don't well, like me. Do you... They really don't. They don't care for me much. You know, I mean, my personality. You know, I have trouble well, rip, that. Though, rip. See, I worked on, on when cable was booming and it started to explode yeah. in the eighties. That's when I st- started working in the entertainment. And I would got on, I got hooked onto a show that got picked up. Well, you, you know, got for, hooked, yeah, but yeah, and, yeah. Well, that's another story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I found now I don't know how your schedule works out because we would work in like you know season, so we'd be like. Three months on, then a month off, then three months on and a month off, and I used to just cherish that month off. Yeah, you know who wouldn't? Yeah, right? but there were some people, guys I worked with, who during that month off they would, you know music videos were huge. They'd work on music videos. They would yeah. work on this and all that kind of. And then get back and when we start doing the show again, and but I couldn't do that. I did it sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I did it, but. We'd work, you know, because when you're working, it's like you have no life whatsoever. No time. Yeah. No time. It's, yeah, I, I it's, learned earlier on, you don't, you don't pick up like the gambit to see what's going on because you can't go to it anyway. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. The LA Weekly, you don't pick up the LA Weekly <laughs> yeah. and, and you you hear about shows that friends went to. Oh, you missed that fucking show. And I was like, well, I was out in fucking Sunland Valley till midnight wrapping a shoot, you know. But you know, on the other end, though, it's like, I, I'm sort of the. I was telling Renee this at dinner the other day. I, I was the guy that would like. Thanks walk. for inviting me. Well, it, it, <laughs> he we, never invites me to anything. Well, we went to we went to, we went to Five Happiness. He, oh. we, 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 we Jews talked, that we are. Yeah, yeah, we Jews that we are. Oh, um, so now this whole show is ruined for me. <laughs> Because you're, a, I didn't know you were Jewish. <laughs> For 20 minutes, I converted. Uh, okay, all right. Spit up, Renee. Yeah, no, no, I'm so, trying to get it all out. <laughs> but no, no. I mean, I, I was telling Renee that back in the days, like of answering machines, if I would open my door to my apartment and go in, and the light wasn't flashing, I was happy. Which is the yeah, exact opposite of yeah. everybody that I knew. And there's yeah. a great movie called Friends of Eddie Coyle. Have either of you guys with Robert no. Mitchum? No, I don't uh, think I've seen there's that. There's a great line where he calls the police to like rat somebody out because he needs to. Mm-hmm. And they say, do you need it? The cop says, okay, do you need anything else? He says, yeah, I need a good leaving alone. It's like, <laughs> good that, would alone. Be, that would be uh, that would be the title yeah. of my autobiography. <laughs> a good, you know, leaving, good alone. leaving alone. I need you know? a good leaving alone. I need alone. a good leaving alone. You know, that alone. reminds me of this movie that I that I loved as a kid. And, and see if, if, if it rings a bell with you. Um, it's called Career. It's uh, it has um, Burt Lancaster. Well, it has it's it's a who's who. So it has um, Dean Martin in a in a small role. It has Shirley MacLaine in a small role. It has um, the the main ca- character is a well known. Is it uh, Tony Francioso or 
somebody of that ilk. But the whole the whole uh, premise of the movie is... Leslie Brickus? Yeah, it could be. This guy's being <laughs> interviewed, and and through the, the interview, he's flashing back over his entire career as, a, as a, an actor. Yeah. And uh, it takes you through... Um, you know, like the, the maybe it starts the end of World War II era kind of thing, and goes into the fifties, and he's his up and down career, and then you have like the the uh, is it Tony Mancuso? Uh, God, uh, um, the James Franciscus? Uh, yeah, maybe. Yes, it might be. Um, let's look it up while I'm talking. <laughs> no, because uh, no, we, we, we so career. It's a great movie. I've only seen it. Uh, playing once or twice on television but it made a huge impact on me as a kid as a, you know, i saw it when i was maybe 16 or something and uh so it goes through like the uh, the the blacklisting period you know the committee on on oh, yeah. affairs yeah. you know where he's yeah. called before the committee and he doesn't he won't testify and he gets blackballed and you know then uh uh dean martin character who had been kind of lowly character before they run into each other now he's a big time director but he's like sorry i can't use you man you know you should, uh. you're on the list and uh who is it uh uh i can't read um so it's there's dean martin it's uh is Anne margaret in no, it anthony what is that anthony perkins francioso francioso oh yeah, yeah. so he's he's yeah. the 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 main character so uh, ups and downs, ups and ups and downs. So the very last scene of the movie, he's waiting in the wings, and this guy's still interviewing him. There now in present day, and he's he's waiting in the wings to make his appearance on Broadway to make his entrance. And the guy goes, "So tell me, after all that, was it worth it?" And he turns back and he goes, "Absolutely." And then he, yeah. and he makes his entrance. And that really made a huge impact on me because it was the time when I was, you know, everyone's telling me, don't do this. You know, this is, uh, you know, you should, you know, go get a communications degree or something, you know. And and, and I saw that movie and I, I thought, well, fuck it, man. Yeah. You know? What was his name again? Tony Fran Tony Francioso. Francioso. Yeah. But no, actually, he banged wrong. Efren Zimbalist Jr. Did you okay, know that? well. You're from the sounds, FBI. Sounds that? plausible. Yeah. I do, yes. Remember yes. that movie that showed the FBI? Show. Yes. That's what, so sort of reminds me of the film worker. When, yeah, you know, yeah, when, we were just yeah, talking about we that talked last about week. Film like, you worker, know, yeah. you know, why in the fuck? I loved doing it. I wanted to work. Right. It's like, you know, all of us feel sorry for this guy, and he did what he wanted to do. Right. No, like, he didn't feel sorry for himself. Yeah, exactly. He was there. I was yeah. there the whole time, man. Yeah. I did all And he's still working, doing the archives and all that stuff. He's still doing all that shit. Yep. Yeah, because he yeah, loves it, man. For, for the Kubrick sake. So, last question from the guesters or no time? Uh, I got to go. I have a friend in town that I have to go meet for dinner. But what okay, time but, is it? But we have one more yeah, question. No, no, sure, for sure. Top five great, great actors of all time. Movie actors of all time. You're asking me? Yeah. And you... And, and the monster. Um, well, you know, we were talking about this the other day. Uh, um, well, he likes Tony Franciosco. <laughs> yeah, I do like Tony Franciosco. Um, uh, um, uh, uh, Five actors, jeez. Um, uh, come on, the guy with the the blue eyes that we were talking about. A once a Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Oh, uh, Henry Fonda. Henry Fonda. Okay, yeah, Henry, Henry Fonda. Great. No, he wouldn't be in my top five. Okay. Um, I got Cary Grant. Cary Grant, okay. No, he wouldn't be in my top five. Okay. Dude could do anything. John Holmes, okay. Well, he did Diane Cannon, I know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, see, I like guys like, uh, I think like Rip Torn, I think is a yes. great actor. Yes. I didn't, just think leap, he, didn't leap to my pantheon, but okay. Yeah, I think he wouldn't be in my top James five. James Cagney? 
Uh, yeah, I like, I like Bogart better than Cagney. Uh, I like Bogart. I like William Holden. I think William Holden. A good solid actor. Is a great actor. I just like that. John Wayne. Does that get arguments? Uh, You're going to tell me he was always John Wayne. Yeah, well, his real name is Marion, which is Marianne, my wife's name. Marion so Morrison. If I can get her to wear a cowboy I, I work, hat, I work, maybe. I, I, I work with Sylvester Stallone, and he sort of, there are two, they're, they're two sort of theory, there's kind of two actor categories. One is the John Wayne syndrome. If you're bigger than life, nobody appreciates it. Okay. I mean, it is yeah. not easy to be bigger than life. No. Watch Kevin Costner play Robin Hood. Then watch Errol Flynn fucking play Robin Hood. He says, welcome to Sherwood, your asses in Sherwood, right? right? Right. I mean, Sly was was a bigger than life all the way through his career and, you know, massive box office. People believed it, right? John Wayne, the same thing. Everyone says, well, he was just John Wayne. Well, that's not such a small thing, man. No. You know? And the other thing is Cary Grant syndrome where you you do what you do and you make it look so easy that nobody really appreciates that you're acting. He was in... Right. Great Hitchcock movies, yes. great screwball comedies. The dude covered yes, the waterfront. Could do anything. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's not in my top five. Yeah. James Dean. Uh. Well, there's only what three movies to. Yeah, dude, yeah, it's not his fault. Yeah. Other than he could have driven a little more safely. Well, yeah, it is his fault. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for driving your Porsche put 100 miles an hour. Yeah, you know, put your seatbelt on. I'm sorry, did, did, did yeah. I derail the train? No, no, not at all. No. No, not at all. There is no train. No, This is the same reason like I hate award shows, just like I hate lists. It's because I, I hate award shows, too. So I, I can't give you a top five. Oh, you know, you know what awards you right? The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, could that get to be any more? Oh, that's a, it's an awful, awful... Th- what I hate about that show... Or that award is that they actually charge the people. Yeah, they have the right tickets. Which, <laughs> the people that the they're point. honoring, yeah, they have they yeah. charge them the money making operation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> the point. So they, they, have to, they have to have like six or eight bands every year. Right. Chicago's in there. Yeah, Chicago. I mean, thank you for the Fourth of July. I mean, you know, I don't want to come out and you know, you know, step on any toes by defending Chicago, but uh, those guys could play, man. You know, they no, made, no, but they made uh, very successful God. records. You know, yeah, well, but my, to me, Peter is a hell of a singer. That's all I got to say, man. That guy sings like a fucking bird. Uh, you sound like Frank Stallone. Well, you know what? Wait a minute, Joel Renee. Wait a minute. When I first met you, when I was here cruising around the man, town, he's pointing, a, yeah. pointing a hard <laughs> finger first, at me. <laughs> when I first, you know, Carlo introduced us. Okay. We started, you know, roaming in the city. Right, right. You know, right. we ended up at some Ripping fucking. And running, yeah, 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 we ended up some fucking bar on Airline Highway because Carlo was, you know. Yes, Wayne's World. It was Wayne's World. So I don't know <laughs> what the fuck it was called. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we were waiting, you know, we were waiting. Waiting you for know, yeah, 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 playing darts or whatever. Right. And I put on Chicago on the jukebox, and you just said, they're the worst band ever, man. Okay, well, there you go. You know, I'm, I'm very volatile, man. I, I mean, it's all situational. You know, I, uh, I, I was just trying to get into your good graces by ribbing you. I figured, you know, okay, okay. Manny, yeah, yeah, Manny yeah. likes to take a piss out of people, so <laughs> this, this, will, this will put me in oh, good stead. Okay, all right. Yeah, I, okay, Peter Cetera, all right. Yeah, I'll no, remember that. I'll remember, talented guy. I'm going to jot that down yeah. in my notebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cetera. That's with a C, F- F- not an S. Yeah, Chicago. <laughs> That's what the C. Satara, <laughs> Coleman, the three C's. All right. You're going to well, cut out all the as I just did, right? No, no. It doesn't matter. Listen, Rip, I, I never listened to the show, so I don't, <laughs> you know, so it's like, <laughs> no, it's, it doesn't 
matter. After Rocky Balboa, where I was like, like Sly was kind enough to fly me home. It's funny. Somebody said, "Did he thank you?" And I say, "Flew me home in his G5." I mean, wow. Was oh man. But, nice. but he, um, I was sitting across from Frank Stone, who's a great guy, yeah. and you know, he was talking. We were talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I said, "Yeah, it, it, I mean, Cleveland could be proud of it." Then Billy Joel got in. Now who the fuck wants to be? He goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. Don't go Come bad on. on. Don't go bad on Billy Joel. Stranger, are you kidding? So you know, it takes. Uh, I guess that's why you know there's more than one uh, section in the record store. You know. It's, yeah, man. Hey, you know, yeah, I sell a lot of records. People yeah, like well, that's my point. It's become the hall of sold quite a few records. You know. Yeah, you know, I we. It's interesting though when you when you go to Cleveland, is that where it is? Yeah. Nowadays, if you're a band that's playing in Cleveland, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame will actually reach out to you. Mm-hmm. They'll contact you and say, "Hey, we saw you're playing in Cleveland. We'd love to host you for what? a for a personal tour." <laughs> Of uh, of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and last time we were going, my wife was going. Oh, I bet you're going to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I was like, What? Why? Where did that go? No, we're not. Uh, why would that ever? She goes, <laughs> she goes. I think you you probably will. And I was like, I don't even know why you brought this up. This is the weirdest thing ever to say. Yeah. Well, it turns out. We did, we did get an invitation, and we did go. And they're like, "Oh, you can park your tour bus here, right in front." And we're like, "Well, well can we park our church van here?" So yeah. we have pictures of us of our stupid, uh, you know, falling apart white van parked right in front of the rock big pyramid roll. of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> and, you know, so I did, I did take the tour. You know, and here's what I liked about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is. It's not so much the instruments or 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 the costumes. It's that you can see uh, original manuscripts of songs written. So you get to see like you know John Lennon's lyrics to Imagine or something like that right. written down on a on a piece of paper with the beginnings of other lines crossed out and, right. and all of the all of the editing right there on the page which is endlessly fascinating to me you know mm-hmm. it's like totally reveals the process i'm super process intrigued you know so i thought that was the coolest thing that and there's a bunch of those bunch of examples of, of that kind of stuff in the in that so do they have like the needles and syringes that uh, dead rock stars use at the mm, hall of fame i do not remember that part yeah. you know okay. actually so i was in new york i have once. some of those though <laughs> up in my, up in my desk drawer, you know, if you'd like to see my, yeah, my never, personal collection. I've never gotten the Renee tour before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was still get waiting for that call from the Hall of Fame. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. You gotta die first, buddy. <laughs> uh, it might not be long. I, I was in the uh, yeah, I was in the um, the New York the New York uh, annex once, and yeah, they had David Byrne's big suit from um, Stop Making Sense, right. and actually John Lennon's glasses from when he was shot that Yoko. Uh, mm, donated, mm. you know, it's had to bring it down, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's well, his name is Rip. Rest yeah, yeah, in peace. Yeah. There you go. R.I.P. Okay. Well, listen, I gotta go, Nation. Yeah, yeah, I gotta go. Well, thank you so much for for coming yeah, here. And, uh, thank you, Rip. Do we have a pleasure. sticker for him? We do I have a got sticker. One. You gave me one at uh, oh, you Chinese. Get, okay. Okay. The, you weren't invited. I got the sticker. You know. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we had a whole ceremony. Listen, there. you know, I heard there was going to be all these Jews there. I, was yeah, like, no, I don't yeah, know about it. Carlo was. There and Jeff was there. I'm really surprised you weren't there. No, was he's lying. None of those people were there. Yeah, they that. wouldn't show up. There. I know Jeff wasn't there for sure. He's got his got a handful with his like no. Maria's well, you know, twelve sisters. Carlo would show up, but only to do the table. Yeah, exactly. Crossing, he would. Know? Know? Who wants to see that? Was that was a funny again? guy. That was true. Oh yeah, it's totally true. Yeah. It's one hundred percent true. <laughs> oh, uh, before we sign off, yes. I got a call uh, actually from Carlo today. Oh. He's uh, joining uh, the NOAC. Oh well, he. Uh, I talked him into it. Uh, now, are they charging him the two hundred dollar uh, service fee? 
Uh, I no, no I, okay. I get a free month though. Right. right. Oh, very good for you. Okay. <laughs> for me, right. yeah. nice, nice. So he'll be at the ring room all the time now. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. Well, I'm What's sure he'll be taking over this podcast yeah. in a matter of weeks. Maybe. <laughs> what is the NOAC? Uh, the New Orleans Athletic Club. It's uh, which is your you you'll you'll never go to. Yeah, yeah. Because no. <laughs> I'm not athletic enough, or because uh, because you're Jewish now. No, uh, <laughs> no that, I'm just kidding. They have plenty of Jews there. It's a uh, it's a it's a it's an open door policy. It's the second oldest in America, besides the New York Athletic Club. Yes. And, uh, apparently, there's rumor that there's a card game that goes on there uh, in a certain room. Uh, certain room. Yeah. Remain, but but just yeah, just like Carla wouldn't talk about the assassination, you can't really talk about the no, no, card game. Is that? We can't. <laughs> I can't we talk can't. about it, Rip. Yeah. Rip, I've got to go. I've um, got a friend. From Miami in town. Ah, uh oh, uh, we know what that means. Yeah, that he just very... got married. He's in New Orleans oh, okay. and he's nice. in town. And right. Y'all are going do you to remember Casey? Um, yes, yes, I do. Yeah, Casey. Oh, nice. He's in town. He's nice. a married guy now. Okay, well, tell him I said hello. I will. All right, nation. Good night. I got to pee like so, a uh, damn. Yeah, as we say, uh, uh, trouble never ends, but the struggle continues. Good night.